So as you begin your formal awareness practice during this sitting, you'll notice the sound outside. Hearing's happening. And if you have a visceral or a thought process in relationship to it, take notice of that. Oh my gosh, is this going to be going on all day? That's called anticipation. Oh, anticipating is happening. Or, ooh, I wonder what that is anyway. Is that a tractor or what? Oh, wondering is happening. Whatever is going on impacts and is known by the mind. Awareness practice is to recognize that, to recognize both what the contact is, but also the fact that it is being known. In the Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddha says, you know, when breathing in, the yogi knows they are breathing in. And the knowing of the breathing in is the feeling of the actual movement or sensations. So that in each moment there is an object, the sensations, and the knowing. So too with hearing. There's a sound, and there's the hearing, and there's the knowing of hearing. Any other experience can be seen in the same way. There's the experience and the knowing of it. This knowing is a natural activity of the mind, but we often don't recognize it. We just go through life, all of our sense doors open and active, but we're not really recognizing how much is being known. How much, how many sounds, how many sights, how much thought. It's all so familiar, we've stopped paying attention to it. And this is the task, really, of mindful awareness, is to make the familiar, which is quite unconscious, really, is to make the familiar known. And so, as you begin your practice, rather than just slipping into a familiar meditative activity or a familiar meditative posture of body, posture of mind, just take a moment and stop doing anything. You're just sitting. And just ask yourself, in this just sitting here, what is being known? For myself, the most ordinary, mundane experience was a few sounds in the room, a sense of warmth in the body, pulsating or throbbing in the hands, and a curiosity to wonder what what is going to be known. That's it. Nothing special. Not very exotic or esoteric or Buddhist or anything special. But... There was a continuity of knowing and recognizing that the knowing was happening. This is the way we want to establish mindful awareness and the continuity of it. So frequently, just ask yourself, stop doing or remind yourself to stop doing anything and just sit quietly and then ask yourself what is being known without looking for anything in particular, without trying to make something happen, without trying to be mindful even. Just ask yourself, what is being known? And then just follow the thread of the knowing from a sensation to a sound, to a thought, to a judgment, to a comment, 
to another sensation, to the breath. And while it may seem like you're not doing anything in particular, you're not attending to or focusing on the breath, you're not labeling or naming your experience continuously, or you're not trying to cultivate some particular state of mind, that's okay. Those are other practices, other techniques. This one is to just recognize and remember to recognize as frequently as possible to just notice that something is being known. You don't need to narrate that. Just need to recognize that. Both what is known and the fact of knowing. Throughout the sitting or today, you also want to be, hmm, let's see, recognizing or remembering to take note of or allowing yourself to recognize those states of mind that occur when you don't feel like you're very mindful. When you feel sleepy, for example, or dull, you know, maybe there's a sense of just drifting off into la-la land. Recognize that. You don't have to sit up straighter or open your eyes or pull your earlobes or all those other things that the Buddha suggested you do when you feel dull and sleepy. You just need to recognize, oh, this is dullness. This is sleepiness. Sleepiness is being known. And then have the curiosity to investigate or to look more closely, not by focusing, but by just steadying the attention. Being a little more continuous in recognizing the experience of dullness. <clears throat> when you find yourself <clears throat> wrapped up in some emotional fit, there's a story going on, blah, 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 me. <clears throat> and there's these sensations in the body going on, ouch, 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 my body. And then there's this feeling in the mind. What is this feeling in the mind? This is the hindrance of desire or fear, anger, confusion, doubt. These are the mm, torments of the mind, the hindrances to our practice. And we want to begin to recognize them because when they're present, we really are not recognizing that something's being known. We're indulging in them to a degree, lost in them, bewildered by them, entranced by them. They're, they're, they're narrating a piece of our life, a story of our life, and we're totally believing it. Awareness practice brings us out of that hallucination. Kind of cuts through the enchantment of the narrative. The story of my life that causes me so much suffering. It's just a story. Awareness can see that. And wisdom can understand that. So even the most familiar narratives in your mind, they're so familiar and they're so frequent and so continuous, we don't even pay attention to them anymore. We don't recognize them. So again, we want to ask ourselves, what is the story I'm telling myself during this sitting? What is it I believe about this sitting or this experience or how am I doing on this retreat? It's just a story. Once we recognize it, then we can begin to work with it. We can begin to investigate this, the nature of this kind of defilement, this kind of torment. Again, they're so familiar that we take them for granted as if that's who we really were. I'm the whinger and whiner. 
You know, I'm the one who's entitled to a better meditation practice or experience than I'm having. I'm the one who's victimized by my childhood upbringing and dysfunctional family. I'm the one who can't really meditate very well. It's that they're just stories. So when you see that story or any story, any narrative in the mind, spend some time with it. Don't just try to get away from it by going back to the breath, sitting up straight or opening your eyes. Recognize it. Hang there with it for a while. What's it feel like? What's the nature of this state of mind? It's not you. It's just a story going through the mind that's being identified with. So we want to begin to recognize these subtle, sometimes subtle, sometimes very gross and obvious narratives in the mind which kind of enchant and entrance us away from the present moment's recognition that it's just something being known. Okay. Don't make that your project today. Having heard it, recognize when such narratives are occurring. But don't, don't get too entangled in having an agenda of what you're supposed to do. Remembering to recognize is paramount, and that's good enough. The rest will happen when you recognize what's going on in the present moment. So relax. Relax the body, relax the mind. Just notice what's going on. Remember to recognize that whatever you notice is just something being known. Rather than focusing on what that is, recognize the continuity of the knowing. Something being known. Something else being known. What else is being known?
So, how's your remembering to recognize? And what did you recognize? Come on, come on, come on, it's okay. So Judy's saying that Judy Majori. I like her name, Majori. <laughs> I would think. So um, Judy's saying that okay, the, uh, some of the objects of the awareness are pretty clear, and some of the defilements like desire, aversion, they're pretty noticeable but that there seems to be a lot of other stuff going on there that you don't identify very well. Okay, so you know that there's something else going on, but you don't know what it is. What would you call that state of mind? Confusion. Confusion. Okay, so confusion's being known, right? Because that's what you say. Confusion's being known. That's it. Next. <laughs> no, what happens, you know, of course, when, you, when, you, when there's something like that going on and you say, God, I don't know what's going on. Okay, don't know is, that, don't know is being known or confusion is being known. Then you'll see that, oh, when you, once you identify that, then the mind wants to figure it out or wants to explain it, or wants to justify it or, or tries to, or thinks maybe it, it should know what's going on. So there's, 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 it's, that does, the, the knowing doesn't end there. The knowing, the sequence of what's being known just has begun. Okay, confusion is being known. Yeah, but I don't like it. Oh, well, not liking is being known. Yeah, but I shouldn't not like it. Okay, shouldn't, shouldn'ting is being known. I know it sounds like, well, that's stupid. I mean, because really, you know, Confusion is being known. What good is that, really? I mean, right? But that's where we begin. And if you just say, okay, confusion is being known. Can I be with that? Is that okay? Can I just be with this confusion? It's just raining rampant in the mind. It won't last very long, believe me. You'll, you'll, soon, you'll soon recognize something else is being known. I like this. I don't like it. This is stupid. Whatever. Commenting being known. Now there are the there are the you know the familiar defilements, aversion, attachment, fear, anxiety, panic, stuff like that. But there's a lot of there's a lot of commenting going on in the mind, which isn't clearly a defilement. It isn't. You know, there's just commenting, there's evaluating, there's wondering, there's figuring out, there's there, there's stuff like that going on. And they, they, they occupy quite a lot of disk space in there. You know, they do. They, they take up a lot of, you know, discretionary mind time. Just without going looking for it, just when you hear a comment in your own mind, la da la da la da just, just recognize, oh, commenting's happening. Maybe you'll recognize what kind of comment. It's a comment about... It's an appraisal, it's a figuring out or something. So you don't have to kind of, you don't have to be too bearing down on it, but just be curious enough to know what is going on here? I mean, hello, we've lived with this mind for a long time. You know, we should by now know what the heck's going on, right? No. <laughs> but get curious. Get a little curious. Not so much that you 
get anxious about being curious or not, but just, just, just get curious what, what else is going on besides the obvious. You know, look for the frequent, but you know, stuff that we've just take for granted. We've lived with so long, we don't even notice it anymore. I find that, um, I wonder how particular we should get about what is being known. For me, um, this, beginning this practice, um, you were identifying your own experience. For me, it was this. And I found that in any way that I went to particularize it, I was reducing it to something. I was destroying the whole of that experience of what is being known. Right. So what did you say is being known? This is being known? Yeah. Well, that's, you know what? That's right. That's the problem. <laughs> because in, in the aggregate, we can often say, okay, this, this is it, you know, you know, just this whole package of stuff going on in the body and mind, this, this is being known, okay. Do we need to be more particular than that? Not in that moment, but if you sustain the continuity to the next moment, the next moment, the next moment, you're going to start seeing or recognizing other, let's say, more particular things mm -hmm. in that. It's like this package here, you know, this, this package that we call me, it's like a Jackson Pollock painting. You know, a Jackson Pollock painting like would cover the back wall there. It's about 40 feet by 20 feet. And it's just, well, when you first look at it, it looks like a chaotic mess. It's just dabs and drips and colors and swirls and, you know, it looks like somebody's the floor of a place where you do a lot of painting. It doesn't look like a painting itself. It looks like, and so you look at it and you say, what a mess. <laughs> what? It's like, what, what, what kid did this? This looks like bad graffiti. You know, and then you just stand there and you just look at it. If initially it's, it's a mess. Oh, okay, got that. And then you just, just keep observing, just keep observing and, you know, your mind will play with, okay, let me notice all the reds. No, 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 no. Okay, let me notice all the yellows. Or let me notice all the swirls. Wow. Okay, so then eventually you begin to get it. You begin to get more information about it. Maybe it's very amateur knowledge. There's reds, there's the blues, there's the swirls, there's the squares, there's the splots, there's the splashes. Okay. But eventually, you're going to understand that whole painting. You're going to have observed it, and you're going to have a relationship to it. Same with this package right here. Initially, it's everything. That's it. That's everything. But what's everything? As you just keep observing, you'll get more particular. You don't have to try to do that. You just need to sustain the observing. Oh, I'm going to move on. There's other, there's other questions. Do you have a question? Yeah. Um, so that sitting was very much about impermanence. Uh, up until now, every sitting has been like, you know, I haven't had any really serious issues, I've been enjoying things, kind of aware. And then now, like, you're throwing me out of balance and trying to follow your instructions. And uh, this time, I was like, I, couldn't, I didn't feel grounded. I'm starting to, like, actually physically, I'm like moving forward, like, feel like I'm going to fall over and then go through this process of. He's making me doing it. All of a sudden, now I'm on balance. This and this. Why does the bell get a ring the whole time? Is, you know that. You know, I'm never have that happen. Like ten minutes, everything. So you gotta ring the bell. I open my eyes. So you ring the bell. So much, <laughs> you know, just total lack of what used to be rather okay. <laughs> used to be used to be grounded and okay, and now it's like, yeah. well, now you've seen the Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Well, you're welcome. I'll send you the bill at the end of the retreat. <laughs> no, uh, that's good. It's good that it's not so familiar. But you know what? You told me a lot of what you were aware of, right? Is the bell going to ring? You thought about that a lot. You know, leaning forward, you noticed about that. You had the comment like, why is he doing this to me? You know, or now I'm unbalanced. So actually, 
You were aware of a lot. Did you know that you were aware of all that when you were knowing it? Yes, but I still wanted the other thing. <laughs> Did you note that wanting? Yep. <laughs> a plus. <laughs> Doing good. <laughs> but it sounds a little bit, it sounded a little bit, as you were telling me, it sounded a little bit like you had a little bit of complaining mind. Yeah? Did you notice that? An aversion. Yeah, aversion and complaining mind. It happens. Yeah. You can learn a lot about aversion. We'll, we'll try to keep it foremost in your practice. <laughs> we'll be changing the instructions every day. <laughs> I was noticing I, was, I got really lost in a thought. I started telling a story, a future story. Mm. But then I was really aware that I was lost in it. But yeah. I was really curious about the story, so I kind of wanted to go back to the story. Mm, mm. And then I was curious about, well, why was that story appealing to me? Like, mm. Wanting that story to really come to fruition, mm. and then, well, why was it? Mm. And so mm. there was um, awareness and engagement with it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a story. So then there was a um, awareness of is that better or worse, or is that awareness, or you know, yeah. judging, assessing, am I doing it right now? And I really want to go to the story, but maybe I shouldn't be, but I'd really like to. Wow, you noticed a lot. Busy. Busy. Mm. Time went fast. I, this was one of the few sittings when I didn't keep looking to see if we were going to ring the bell. Oh, they, I, we, we like those sittings. You, ha, you start a thought, and then, you know, the bell rings. Wow. What a movie. <laughs> you know, it's like we've been entranced the whole time. Wow, it's cool. No, it isn't. <laughs> uh, it, sounds, it sounds like you were kind of dipping into awareness of the mind stream. You know, but you were still being carried along by it. The story's carrying you along, you know, passing time. But every, periodically you dip in and be aware that you're thinking, be aware that you're wondering, being aware that you'd like to figure it out. But your, your, your awareness kept breaking up the continuity of the story, even though it would pick up and, and recur and keep going. So that's really what awareness does. Awareness interrupts the narrative. Okay? So the narrative of your, you know, the story of your life is going on. Here I am, a yogi on retreat, day number three. How am I doing? Well, that sitting was pretty good. And, and here we go, you know, for the rest of the day. But awareness just recognizes that, and in the recognition of it, it stops momentarily. And something else, another, a different narrative can start, or awareness of a different experience can start, or maybe the narrative is so compelling or so got so much momentum in our life that it kind of sneaks back in and you know chapter two okay and then at some point awareness notices it and the whole narrative stops and you might get curious about it see what you can recognize about the nature of those interruptions so that when you when it gets interrupted and the story has stopped momentarily what next? What's happening? You know, you're, you're wanting to pick it up. You're trying to figure it out. You're wondering why. Whying is happening. Wondering is being known. You know, desire to finish it is being known. You know, should I be doing this or not? Shoulding is being known. Right? All those things. Those are different cognitive activities of mind that we can be aware of. It's good. You were noticing that you were telling your story, but at some point you realized it was not true. But there was a story going on, and, and I realized that's not true. And yeah. uh, um, it's almost like uh, it was scary because I, I felt like I was lying to myself. And, and maybe, you know, and then it made me feel like maybe everything else is. Am I really creating this fiction all the time? Yeah. Yeah, now this is really interesting. She says, so she, she going along and she noticed that she was telling herself a story. And then she listened to the story for a while and she realized, yeah, but the story is not true. The story about me is not true. And then she began to wonder, I wonder if I'm telling myself a lot of stories about myself that aren't true, right? It's not clear if it's a dream, if it was a dream or if it was, you know, actually 
something I was telling myself. Okay, so it wasn't clear that it was a dream or if it was a kind of a more conscious thought. This is, this is the power of defilements. They enchant us into this space where we don't know. It's going on, there's this kind of a story going on in our head, a narrative going on in our mind. And it's, you know, partly true and could be true and maybe hopeful to be true, but some of it's kind of wacky and some of it's like unrealistic, some of it's dreamlike, some of it's pure hallucination. It's just, wow, that's what, that's what defilements do. It really confuses you. The interesting thing that in, in this whole practice and the understanding of the mind is that mindfulness, mindful awareness, is always accompanied by there's this quality of mind called ujjukata in the Buddhist psychology, ujjukata. And it means straightness of mind. It means no spin. You know how you, you, watch, a, you watch a news event, a 20-minute clip of some news event, and then you've got two hours of spin. You know, commentators just spinning it the way they want you to believe it, or what it was about, or da-da-da-da. Well, that's what our mind does mostly, spins. Something happens, and we put a spin on it to either make ourselves look good, feel good, or bad, whatever, whatever our particular habit is. But the, the incident is hardly recognized. The truth of the experience is hardly recognized. And the spin takes up all our time, all our disk space. Mindfulness cuts through the spin, and it sees the way things really are. And sometimes there's no story to it. It's just... Monk happens. That's it. So this ujjukata of mind, this straightness of mind, this non-spin characteristic of the mind, uh, gets stronger as the continuity of mindfulness or awareness gets stronger. And in time, you know, when when there's quite a good momentum to mindfulness, you can't you can't deceive yourself. You can't deceive yourself. Even if you try to, you can't. Because the mind will see things just as it is, no comment. So I. Th- That's very comforting to know. <laughs> <laughs> you may be fooling yourself for now, but not for long, <laughs> not for much longer. <laughs> yeah, it really. I mean, it's like it is such an impersonal process. You know, the power of mindfulness and this, what mindfulness does to you. It's not because you decide you'd like to do this. It's once you activate it, it's going to do its job. And one of its job is to cut through the spin, see things as they really were or are. That's why, last comment here, that's why, you know, when, when the mind, when you start paying attention and noticing things and memories from the past come up, you know, personal history review, you see them with less spin. When things happen, we put spin on them as soon as they happen to make ourselves kind of support our ego, to kind of get through it. And it's like, I really wasn't a jerk. I was really okay. I responded right. I should have been that way because they were, yes, I was right. And then, you know, when we get a second look with more mindfulness, we see, wow, I really was, <laughs> I really was a jerk. I really, I, not too careful. Mm, ouch. Mm-hmm. Okay. We recognize, oh, this is the way it really did happen without the spin. And that's what mindfulness does. It sees the truth. It, really, it sees things as they really are. You know, and sometimes it's very confronting. You know, what we think about ourselves in some past action or behavior ends up being a past misbehavior. Oops. <laughs> you know, and so we have to kind of deal with that because now we know more straight without spin. That's the way it really was. That's what the motivation really was. It wasn't a justified action. It was really just blatant defilement. Enjoy your discoveries of your narratives today. (laughs) Um, We'll be seeing groups. If you weren't seen yesterday, you should be on a list to be seen today. If you weren't seen yesterday and you aren't on a list today, you're not here. (laughs) So... Stop into the office and let them know you're here. <laughs> Anything else? Oh, Carol is going to do question period this afternoon at what, 4? 4.30. Optional. optional. So after the optional 
mindful movement in the afternoon with Franz three to four, you have an optional half hour of spacing out mindfully to be followed by an optional question and answer period in the hall. Spacing out mindfully. Try it. Let's see if you can do that. Okay. What? Here. Yeah. 4.30. Okay. Enjoy your, hey, enjoy your practice. I mean, if it isn't fun, why not? (laughs) Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.